and welcome to another episode of the Burt's Books Podcast. Finally, eventually. We eventually. Had a few microphone issues. First one being I hadn't got it out of my bag. There, yeah, <laughs> that's not good. It's been a week. It has. Um, it's just miserable and grey and rainy. I know, I'm ready for the weather to turn now. And I think every, it's affected everybody because it's the last week of the month as well. Yeah. And everyone's just... Blah, blah, blah. But now, everyone's listening to this. It's April. I'm sure the weather is amazing. Give it time, yes. Uh, it is supposed to be looking a little bit better next well, week. Well, we can hope. We can hope. But this isn't a book. No, this isn't a podcast about the weather. No. It's a podcast about books. Lovely. Have you been reading this week? I've got a couple of little books that I powered through this week, yes. Amazing. You? I've got a couple of books as well. Good. Not so Well, one's quite little, one's not so little. Okay. Uh, so I shall be talking about those. Mm-hmm. Uh, very excitingly, though, news from the bookshop. Yes. We've got new bookshelves. We do. They're beautiful. They're lovely and blue and they're not falling apart. Yes. Uh, like the old Argos ones that we had in there. Yes. Um, and at that price, they shouldn't be, frankly. Right, right, too. <laughs> uh, yes, so the kids' department now looks like the adult department. It's very pretty and yeah, blue. Yeah, lovely blue shelves. Nice. So if you haven't been in for a while, pop in. Yeah. Have a look at our lovely new shelves. If yeah. you've never been in, what are you doing? Yes, exactly. Come, Come on. Uh, so, um, yes, that's it. That's the hard sell done with. Yes, I think that's it. Let's get on with uh, talking about books. One of us will be discussing something after this music. You can go first. Oh, okay. Uh, the first book I've got to talk about today is one of your favourites, actually. Ooh. You finally pushed me into reading. <laughs> which is uh, Tin Man by Sarah Winman. Oh, I've read that. You have, yes. I know you liked it very much. I'm sure you've talked about it on here before, but we're going to go do, do it Do you know, again. I'm not sure if I ever have. Oh, okay. I've definitely spoken about it on the Shelf Life podcast. Yes, that's available true. wherever you get your podcast from, yes. or online at anchor.fm forward slash shelf life. Uh-huh. Okay, Tell so me about this book, then. Yes, yeah, so this is Tin Man. Uh, the blurb says, It begins with two boys, Ellis and Michael, who are inseparable, and the boys become men. And then Annie walks into their lives, and it changes nothing and everything. So that's all you get. Yeah, that's all you get. Yeah. Um, it's not a very long book. It is... I haven't read Sarah Woman in a very long time. I'd read When God Was a Rabbit. That's not the only thing I'd read purpose before. Um, it is impossibly beautifully written. I need to reread When God Was a Rabbit. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Um, yeah, it is very, very beautifully written. She has a very excellent way with metaphor and just words generally and just can up from really nice stuff. Um, and yes, it's about the story of these two men who were once in love and one marries a woman and then it's what happens to them in that sort of situation within their friendship really more than anything. Yeah, and we start off with Ellis, who's basically on his own. Yes. Uh, well, sorry, I mean there's a bit um, where we see them as ch- ch- children. Yes. And um, uh, Ellis's mother um, and her sort of making her sort of bid for freedom from the father and yeah absolutely so you got that so you got dora dealing with that first then it's ellis's young life and then what happened to him so he's now a mechanic um and he's uh he's the one who married annie mm-hmm. um and it's sort of the way it sort of, sort of it jumps around in time a lot so you're not always sure yeah. what's happening, where and when, and you know, and you do yeah. pick it up eventually. But you do get Ellis sort of fairly early on as an adult, without even Michael or Annie. Yes. yes. And you don't know what has happened. No, and then it becomes clear that him and Michael haven't spoken in a very long time, and then it, the second half of the book is Michael's point of view. Yes. And you find out sort of where he's been and what's happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we probably shouldn't say much more than that. No, I don't think I should. No, but um, it is set... Sort of late 80s, early 90s, a lot of the backstory stuff as well, isn't it? Yeah, because they're children. And actually, I mean, you say about them falling in love and stuff. It's a weird one because Ellis doesn't really ever define who or what he is. No, true. But he, for me, it's a... It's weird because it's almost a brother relationship. As as they're growing up, uh, sort of yes, yeah. um, and then it it crosses a line, yes. But I don't know that uh, it was ever going to be more than 
that. No, I think also given the time it sort of set, I don't think they were ever going to have a... It was never going to be a great love story. No, it wasn't. They were never going to get married or be together forever. Yeah. But, but even think... if even if it was in now time... Yes. I don't see those two characters as ever having... No. It wasn't... It was, You don't read this book and think, oh God, Annie's in the way. No, you never feel Annie's in the way. They both love her in different ways and, you know, get on really well with her. But it is just... Yeah, it, it's just, it's one of those books, again, sort of like nothing huge happens particularly. It is just a story well, of these people and their, their, their lives. I mean, quite a lot happens. I guess, but nothing but like... It's, it's the way that she writes it. Yes. It's written as if nothing's happening. Yes, exactly. But, it's but all, if you boil it's all down the, the plot, if you boil down yeah. the plot, there's actually quite a lot going oh, yeah. on It's here. all in, in subtext and things that aren't being said. There's a lot of things that are not being said by these characters. And that's really where the truth of it all lies. Now, this is God-tier book for me. Yes. One of those sort of books that, do you know what, I wish, I wish I could have written this. Yes. Where does it fall for you? I would give it a fair, solid 7 or 8 out of 10. Yeah. It's fine. It is beautifully written, but it is the style of writing that I loved much more than the plot, as it were. Yeah. The characters are perfectly likeable. They're, they're nice people. But, um, yeah, I like, you know, I can see why you love it. Hmm. But maybe it just hit me at a different place in my life. And, you well, know, that's it. I mean, a big part of why I love this book was it was the right book at the right time. Ex- exactly. I was having... I wasn't even having that bad... Like, it wasn't... I mean, I've had worse periods of time. Yeah, yeah. But I was having a bad day. Yeah. And this book, which I had been looking forward to... So Sarah told me about it at a party. I remember, yes. She pitched it to me. Um, and I wanted to read it, uh, and published sent it to me, and I had it arrived on when I was having a very bad day, so I just went home and I didn't like connect to the outside world at all, yeah. and I just sat and read this book, and I read it in one sitting, and it healed me. Yes, I can completely see how it would do that and everything, but um, yes, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful. But it's read. a book about grief as much yeah, as anything. It is in a lot of and, ways. Yeah, um, it's. It's actually quite sad in places. Yeah, and potentially, without going into too much detail, I've been going through a lot of grief recently, and I think maybe that is a bit too... Oh, it's a bit actually hitting a bit too smashing to... Hitting a bit too close to home, I yes. was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> well what I'm trying to say. Yes, so um, maybe that is a concern. What did you think um, about the fact that we never see Annie's point of view in this book? It's interesting, isn't it? Because to me, Annie was sort of a bit like a empty vessel really I never really felt I knew her mm. but I don't know if having it from her point of view would have completely changed how I felt about the other two yeah as well um, did you feel that Annie uh, do you feel that Annie was an empty vessel as in a vapid creation and there to support a plot or did you feel that Annie because I felt that Annie was a very real character. I just didn't know anything about her. Yeah, it's more that. It's just like, I want to know more about this woman that they both, you know, what, why has she changed their lives so much? But it's never really quite clear what it was that made yeah. her Cause there. Because I, I, when I read uh, My Policeman, yes, I think we talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that um, That's told from the point, I mean, it's a very sort of similar Yes. Uh, set up in that there's. But you hear the woman's point of view. There's around, a woman married to a man, and then there's another man. And, yes. But that one, it does feel a bit more like a epic love story between the two men. It was always yeah. meant to be. Whereas, Very true. Um, but you see it from uh, Annie's point of view, essentially, yeah. and Michael's point of view. Yeah. You don't ever see in that book from Ellis's point of view. I'm yes. it in air quotes because it's not Ellis, it's Tom. Um, but. In that book, the unseen character, as it were, yeah. felt empty. Like there was yes. no sort of construction around that character. Yeah. It was just there for the plot. Um, and I don't think in, in that and and Sarah Woman doesn't do that with Annie. Annie felt real. I just definitely, didn't know her. definitely, because the the female characters in there are quite strong female characters. Like Dora, mm. Ellis's mum, is a really interesting character. Um, but. You know, again, you just, I just don't feel there's enough of the women in it. Well, it's, I mean, it's a, as you say, it's a very small book anyway. Yes. Um, I, and, and actually it started out, I don't know if you know this, it started out as a um, subplot in a oh. larger novel. Oh, okay. And um, the the novel was cut. Yeah. Threw it away, I think. Um, but kept this bit yeah. in a drawer and just pulled it back out one day. Oh, interesting. You really need to go and listen to the um, 
the shelf life interview that I did with Sarah Winman. Yes, I haven't done her one yet. Um, I will. I will. I think because we talk a lot about Tin Man in that. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, we talk about Still Life as well in that one. Um, which would you go and read Still Life? Um, I probably would read her again. Yes, but Still Life's got a lot bigger, isn't it? As well, quite so. a lot bigger. Now, I always I have this. I've had this conversation with a couple of people in the shop. Yeah. And I would say that objectively, yes, Still Life is better than Tin Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, subjectively for me Tin Man holds a very special place of course in my heart which is ironic because it's Tin Man yes who doesn't have a heart yes of course yes um, which uh, yeah yeah um, not a lot but more no. else to say on no, that have you got anything else you'd like to add I don't think so lovely book available at buzzbooks.co.uk never heard of it no I have got two books to talk about yes and I think I will start with the People in the Trees by mm-hmm. Hanya Yanagihara. Your other favourite writer. One of my other favourite writers. Now, this one is actually her first novel. Okay. Um, I don't know when it was written, actually, but quite a few years, I think, before um, A Little uh, Life. Little Life. So, obviously, yes. If, <laughs> for those who don't know, Hanya Yanagihara wrote A Little Life. Which is your favourite book of all time. Which yes. is my favourite book of all time. So, this, copyright 2013. Um, oh, so, so quite, two, yeah, ten, 10 years. years. Yeah, 10 years. But maybe two years before A Little Life. Okay. Um, God, is it? No, it can't be that long ago. I, um, I think it, I think A Little Life was 2015. Okay. It might be, it might be 2016. Um, but, uh, yes, so The People in the Trees was her first novel. And I have... I, I, I've been putting it off, reading it, because I loved A Little Life so much. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't sure if I'd like anything else by her. And I didn't want to ruin it, A yeah. Little Life, because of that. Uh, then Two Paradise came out and I read that I read that straight away uh, again one of those reasons why I, I was a little bit afraid it might ruin a little life but also she wrote that knowing she'd written a little life yeah. so she had to do something amazing yes whereas the people in the trees she didn't know that she'd written a little life no of <laughs> so course it could have been it could have been like I mean, not knocking it, but it could have been Peppa Pig. Yes. It could have just been completely weird and random and, and not that good. Yeah, and then yeah. A Little Life was when she learned to write. Okay, fine. What we know about her by the point of Two Paradises coming out is that we know that she can write. Yes. We didn't know that with the people in the trees. But can she? She can. Good. I, I, I am pleased to report. Good. Uh, and, and she's probably going to be really reassured by this, but she can write. Excellent. Good Let me know. read the blurb to you. Please do. Oh, before I do, the reason I did end up reading it is oh, yes. Pedro, who yes. works with us. Uh, he uh, ha, he's read a little life as well. He loved it. Uh, one of the reasons why he got the job. Oh, yes. uh, but um, <laughs> he he was he wanted to read it, and we decided that we would read it at the same time. Yeah. Uh, the blurb. Yes. In 1950, Norton Perina, a young doctor, embarks on an expedition to a remote Micronesian island in search of a rumored lost tribe. There, he encounters a strange group of jungle dwellers who appear to have attained a form of immortality. Mm. Perina uncovers their secret and returns to America, where he soon finds great success. But his discovery has come at a terrible cost, not only for the islanders, but for Perina himself. I didn't know what this book was about. Okay. You know I don't, you know me, I'm terrible, yeah, yeah. I don't read blurbs. No. So I just knew that the people in the trees existed. No idea. Yeah. Uh, and it's... It starts off with a uh, prologue by okay. a man named Ron, um, who is a contemporary of Norton Perina's. Right. And he is explaining how this account of Norton's life came to be. So it's all written by Norton. It's all first person. Uh, and basically what has happened is he's an old man and he's now in jail mm-hmm. for two years. Um, for um, he's been found guilty of um, basically being a paedophile. Okay. Um, a but, light and jolly tone. Oh, this yes. One. yes, yes. Um, but Ron has suggested to him, oh, you should write your memoirs mm. in this time. You know, you've always wanted to do it. You've got this downtime. Yep. Just write your memoirs. And so what we are then presented with are the chapters that Norton has sent to Ron. And Ron has... And he freely admits at the beginning, I have edited these for brevity, right. clarity, and um, just where I think things need to be removed. Yeah. Uh, and what you then get is this almost dual narrative 
where Norton is talking about his life. Yeah. And then um, there are footnotes in uh, from Ron. Oh, okay. And you end up sort of end up going back and forth, and there's quite a lot of footnotes. And one of the footnotes lasts for two pages. I love a big footnote. <laughs> I I find it I find them distracting, <laughs> but eventually I got used to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. But but the first thing that you when you're reading it yes. is you really do not like Ron. <laughs> Okay. Um, because he comes across as smug, as arrogant, and yeah. a bit toadying towards Norton. Um, and because one of the things he says, I mean, he talks about how there are these people who stood by Norton. And then there are these people who, when these claims were made, they, were, they started to distance themselves. Yes. And Ron and stood by him. Ron stood by him all okay. the way. And then most people, even the ones who had stood by him when he was found guilty, just went, no. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. That seems fair, yes. Um, and Ron says, whether or not he did this mm. is beside the point. The fact is, this is a great man who has done a great many things in his life and basically his reputation shouldn't be tarnished mm. by these claims, whether they're true or not. And you're reading it and you're going, no. Yeah, no, I don't buy that, unfortunately. No. <laughs> I, I, there, there is, obviously, at the moment, there's particularly a big thing going on about separating art from artists and people and, you know... And there is a completely, I would accept, no one is purely evil, no one is purely good. It's all shades of grey. But there are some things that are unforgivable and, you know... Yeah, and actually, I, do you know what... And some people go, oh, but then you use his information. Do you know what? Absolutely. Use his discoveries. Use yes, what he course. found. Don't throw that out no, but no, no. don't celebrate the man no exactly like say okay these are excellent things that he discovered yeah and humanity is better for them question mark yes we'll go on to that yeah um but he's an awful awful man yes he um ended up taking um at the islanders behest uh -huh. 42 children Oof. from the island um brought them to america yeah and they they did they lived a better life than they yeah, ever had yeah. a chance of because by the point by the time he took them uh the western world had gone to these islands yeah. and they, they they were just destroyed yeah the, the cultures were gone they were alcoholics yeah, yeah, they yeah. were like the culture was just not there and they weren't ready for the western world but they no. were suddenly in it yes and so these children really uh you look at them and go they would have had a if you'd left them on the island, that would have been preferable because yeah. they'd have had their island life. However, the island wasn't really there anymore. Okay, yes. Um, so maybe in that situation, taking them to America and giving them a better life was the right thing to do. Yeah. However, uh, one of the sort of, one of... I mean, he doesn't quite say it like this, but it's like, well, you know, he took, he took 42 children and made their lives better and only raped one of them. Yeah, uh, that's, it that's doesn't, doesn't stack too high up. a percentage, I'm <laughs> yes. afraid. It does not stack up. Yes. Um, so you don't like Ron, but no. then you get into this. Well, okay, let's 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 read Norton's life in his own words, yeah. and find out for him for ourselves because there is still this element of we don't know who has accused him. Yeah, we don't know whether he is definitely guilty or not. We know he's been found guilty. Yes, but we're reading a piece of fiction, and there is every possibility that we'll get to the end, and it turns out it's all a re terrible revenge yeah, plot, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. So, reading it, and again, you sort of don't massively like Norton, yeah. but he's very interesting as yes. a character. And him going, and actually where it really kicks off is when he goes to this island with a man named Talent and a woman named Esme. And he discovers he may sort of have feelings for Talent, okay. um, but he really doesn't like Esme, partly, I think, because he thinks they're up, him and Tal her and Talent are up to things. Right, okay. But there's a great deal of stuff left out. We find out, it, it's, we find out this culture on this island, mm. um, and it's really interesting. And basically, at the age of sixty, there's this tradition where they eat a turtle. Okay. Um, and it's there's an enzyme in this turtle that basically deactivates a, an enzyme in the human body, which um, is what causes physical aging. And that's science. And that's science. Uh, I mean, it all makes sense in the context. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I, I haven't explained it properly. No, no, no. But, yeah, um, but the, the concept is these people are not physically aging, yeah. but mentally deteriorating. deteriorating. Oh, wow, okay. So 
and they're mostly fine till they're past a hundred or so. Yeah. And then they go, and they're basically these people are outcast in these island. Yeah. Um, and so um, they're 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 working out why have you who are these people that are outcast? Why are they outcast? How old are they actually? Yes. And and they sort of. Well, they look about 60, but actually, if she remembers that great earthquake, that was 1792. Yeah. And, oh, wow. and they start working out that there's something weird going on, and that's what... That's his main... He wins the Nobel Prize okay. for this scientific discovery. But it's this scientific discovery that also causes pharmaceutical companies and governments. Yes. They go and um, go to the island. Now, it's okay at first, because the king of these islands doesn't let anyone in yeah um apart from talent okay. and the people that talent approves of yeah um but eventually more like talent goes missing at some point and the king just sells out for i mean it's ridiculous like he 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 sees a cd player and that's brand amazing yes, to him course, so yeah, he yeah. gets given a cd player and he lets people onto the island yeah. and, and and basically because the island is destroyed and the way of life is ruined which is um, true of a lot of like island cultures and yeah. things, isn't it? That's what's happened to them. But there's another really interesting thing in there. So, so there's a re- there's a there's a lot of parallels in here of, of what is okay and what is not okay. Yeah. So one of the suspicions around um, why talent has this uh, hold over the king is that they are lovers. Right. Okay. Um, there's not really in this world in these there's like there's no homophobia. Yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. But there's there's not also not really any. Concept of sexuality. Everyone yes. just is. You sleep yeah. with a man, you sleep with a woman. You know, it's fine. Whatever. Enough, yeah. you, you want to have a baby, you sleep with a woman. Yes. You want to have sex, sleep with whoever you like. Yeah. Um, and so there is that concept. Um, so there's that question of is talent using the king yeah. by offering these sexual favors? Question mark. Um, there's a um, uh, a thing in the. Um, in the tribe, so they tribe. So there's the Uvians or yeah. the Illuvians or something like that. They're called, who are the main sort of tribe, and they're the ones known to the Western world. Okay. And then there's the Uvians on this island that they go to, who do not are not aware of the Western yeah, world yeah, at yeah. all. And it's those guys. There's this tradition um, where, at a certain age, a young boy is taken into a hut. Yeah. And the elders of the tribe have sex with him. Mm. And you are, as a reader, you obviously you're seeing all of this from Norton's point of view, but as a reader, you are invited to ask the question, is this okay? Because uh, from a Western world point of view, absolutely not. No, no, no. From that tribe's point of view, it is what they have always done. They have deemed it yes. culturally okay. Um do you, as a Western world, go in and say, no, this is not okay? Yeah. Um, because actually, if there was a, <laughs> if there was a more Western world yes, yeah, that yeah. came to us and said, hang on, sorry, the, you allow people under the age of 25 to have sex. That is yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. disgusting. Yeah, of course. And they try and stop us. Yeah. Like, so there is that question. We have decided this is where the line is. Yeah they have decided there is no line or the line is lower. Yeah. Um, so should you step in and and do something about that question? Uh, then there's a moment where, um, and this is, I'm not going to go much further than this, but no. there's a moment in the jungle where Norton's out looking in the evening and he comes across one of these young boys. Ah, uh, okay. And then he can And there is an go. incident. Yes. Um, and so you're, the, then there's the question of, well, in that person's world, it's fine. Yeah. In that person's world, it's not. So where's the... Whose morals are, like... Yeah. Whose morals should you abide by? Is he going to use that as an excuse? Yes. Question for mark. For things that he's um, already feeling, yeah. Exactly. Anyway, it, the book goes on. I'm not going to reveal um, no, no. whether he was guilty or not. No. You do find out. Okay. Um, but it's the very last thing you find out. There's a point where one of the footnotes just says, I have removed a section here. Okay. Because I don't think it's appropriate. Okay. And then at the end, there's a, an epilogue from Ron, and he says, actually, here's some more information. I've decided to put yeah. it in. Here is... Because Ron has his own agenda as well, of what he's telling. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then you discover what actually happened, and 
question do you like these characters still do you yeah. not and actually I don't think you ever like these characters no and that's I mean I'm not going to talk much about it we've been going on for about 15 minutes yes there's a, there's a lot to discuss but both Pedro and I yeah have said really enjoyed it yeah because she's a great writer yes um, I've not... really enjoyed the stuff on the island yeah and learning about this culture mm-hmm. and like that stuff and the the way that Norton then came back and did sort of investigations into it and yeah. I uh, you know if it hadn't if you hadn't had that heads up at the beginning or by the way he gets arrested for being a paedophile yes um, you'd think this is a re- this is a book about his relationship with talent and oh, what okay. happens yeah, yeah, there yeah. but you never really find out what happened to talent yeah you don't really find out what happened to Esme because in Norton's world they move out of his orbit. Yeah. And he's such a... What's the word? Um, Hyper-focused. Narcissist. Narcissist, yeah. Where it's, it's just no longer about them. It's about him. Yeah. Uh, and you... So what you think the story would might be about, it's not. It's mm. about that sort of crossing of boundaries yeah. and what, uh, what responsibilities we have. Um, when we go into other cultures and, and yeah. things like that, and and you know this happened. I mean, this is fictional, but yeah, this yeah, happened. yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really one that makes you think. But we both said we liked reading it. The writing's amazing. You do certainly in the second half just want to keep going. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I could recommend it. Yes, to it seems a fair one. Yeah, like if somebody a... came into the shop and said, "Oh, recommend me a book." What are you reading at the moment? Yeah, I couldn't go. Oh, well, I've just finished reading the people in the trees. You'd love it. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's it's. I would say it's harder to recommend. Yeah. Than a little life. Interesting. And a little life is about child rape. There is child rape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is all sorts of stuff going on in that. But this is because. A little life is told from the point of view or from the people around the victim. Yes. This is told from the point of view of the would-be perpetrator. Yeah. And it's just an uncomfortable read because of that. Yes. Let's do something lighter. It's available to buy at birthsbooks.co.uk if we've sold you on it. I am. Go on then. It's not Agatha Christie. No, I think not. It looks no, like it. It does, doesn't it? No, this is one of the other queens of crime. So Agatha Christie was obviously the queen of crime in the 1920s, but it was the golden age of crime fiction. There were lots of people doing the same thing. So I don't think you can really... Uh, you're not really allowed to call Richard Coles a queen of crime. Ha 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 ha. This is the 19, <laughs> 1920s. 1920s and 30s. Well, interwar period. Uh, so Agatha was obviously the best one, and then there's also Dorothy L. Sayers, Naomi Marsh, Josephine Tay, and then the one I've read this week, which is Marjorie Allingham, who I'd never read before. Um, so I thought I'd give her a go because I'm trying to see how they all compare to Christie. Obviously, none hold a candle, but still, good to know. Uh, so Marjorie Allingham, this one is The Crime of Black Dudley, which is her first novel from 1929, and I shall read you the blurb. Oh, go on then. A suspicious death and a haunted family heirloom were not advertised when Dr George Abershaw and a group of London's brightest young things accepted an invitation to the mansion of Black Dudley. Skullduggery is most certainly afoot, and the party-goers soon realise they're trapped in the secluded house. Amongst them is a stranger who promises to unravel the villainous plots behind their incarceration, but can George and his friends trust the peculiar young man who calls himself Albert Campion? And can they? Well, I'm not sure. (laughs) Because, so, it's not entirely clear first. It's narrated by this George Abershaw who is just, he's a doctor and he's a guest at this house. But Albert Campion is the um, detective who later becomes her detective, like her Poirot, basically. And he's, right. he's in all her books. But in this one, he's really just a supporting character and quite a silly supporting character. And from what I did with um, external reading as well, is that basically she'd never intended him to really be the detective. Oh, but okay. people liked him. <laughs> and went, oh, he's funny, we like him. So, oh, Christ. yeah, that, that he became the thing. Because, unless it happened in here and I just happened to doze off or not really pay attention to the bit in it, I don't think he really did, he wasn't really the one to solve it. Uh, does, it does it get solved? It does get solved, okay. you get the solution, yeah, yeah, but there's a lot going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does, but he, he just is a bit odd. It's never quite clear who Albert Campion is either. He, he's supposedly from a high-born family. And again, doing external reading, it seems a suggestion through later books that he's the illegitimate son of the monarch. 
basically. Um, Which monarch? Um, 1920s, so whichever one is there. One of the Georges, I think. George V sounds about right. Um, but yeah, it's basically the person of a king or a prince or whatever, and so he's royalty. But it's never quite clear. So he is... Yeah, a bit older this one. So the, yeah, the book is basically... There's been... Um, a Yeah, but it's like someone... They've been doing this sort of... Uh, thing with a with a special dagger that's like an heirloom in the house and um what the host of the house colonel coombs i think his name is has um had a heart attack right when the lights were turned off and um it then he's taken up to his bedroom there's another young doctor there as well oh there's, there's millions yeah, 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 yeah. Of them. so this young doctor comes and says afterwards and says to abishaw the main doctor he said oh um they they the staff called me upstairs to um, sign to, to check what he was dead <laughs> uh, but they wouldn't let me see the body and they wanted me to sign a cremation certificate immediately suspicious and Abishaw goes well that's not right you know that, that no anything. apparently Colonel Coombs' instructions have been to keep to keep the party going his last words have been to keep the party going keep it going exactly um, so Abishaw is then called in as the next doctor to go and sign this thing <laughs> And, <laughs> because um, a parade of well, doctors. Yeah, because, will somebody say he's dead? Well, exactly. Because the, I the, mean, sir, he's sitting up smoking a pipe. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is dead. But it's like um, so. Coom, uh, uh, Abishaw goes up, and the, um, Coombs is covered in a sheet, and they're right. just like, "Would you just sign that? You sign it. It's fine. Then we'll come to admit it's done and carry on." And he just goes, "Oh yes, okay, yes, I'll do it immediately." And before anyone else can move, just rips the sheet off the body to go right. Okay, and he looks at the man there and just said and. As an experienced doctor knows, this man has not had a heart attack. This man has been stabbed. Right. Um, that's why you can't see his back because there's blood just gushing out of him, and yeah, you know, it is just, um, yeah. So, so this man is has been murdered, and then other things start happening in the house. They find themselves cut off. All the cars have been drained of all their petrol, and suddenly no one can leave. So how does it stack up against Agatha? Um, the writing is is good. It's funny. And it is like quite pacey, but the plot, I, I don't really understand the plot still, <laughs> unfortunately. Like, I, I think I'll read more of hers, because it was quite entertaining, I and the, I want to learn more about Albert Campion. The really. fact that you've had to do additional reading is a bit... I was just curious. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, no, it, it was just one of those ones I read, and just kind of went, I am going to have to read the Wikipedia page of this one. Because, you know, but there's really interesting, funny bits in it. There's, there's one bit where Abishaw and a woman get locked in a cupboard, or locked in this room... Um, by the villain of the piece, and um, there's a, like an interlocking, interconnecting door, and through that they can hear um, an old servant who's a bit mad and just going, "Well, my son will realise I'm missing in three days, and then he'll go, he'll come get me, so I'll be fine. She's see for three days, will be okay." And she's just completely not with it at all, which is just a really strange aside as well. There's also one moment where one of the women is talking to Albert Campion, and he literally disappears. Which is quite interesting. It gets explained later, but it's really, really interesting. And, Do you know, and you makes sort him... of sold me on this. Yeah, it's bizarre because it is just kind of like a bit. I don't really. It's, it's a bit more of a farce, I think. Yeah, sounds it. Um, and there are definitely serious bits in it. You know, someone is dead, but it is just yeah, an interesting sort of thing. I I can see why she's up there with some of the other ones. I mean, even the front cover, Agatha Christie herself says Marjorie Allingham stands out like a shining light. So she was very respected at in the time but um she i think isn't quite as popular these days as obviously christie and then say as a marsh are probably mm. the next two big ones and Madden's probably after that but she is known absolutely she's known and you know she's written quite a few books so um, are you i mean i know you're rereading agatha christie yes at the moment and you're reading i mean how far through are you on that christie um the last one was 1950 and she keeps going to 1977 oh crikey so I'm about halfway. I should finish sometime in 2026. Oh, I was going to ask if you were going to just do Marjorie Allingham afterwards, or are you going to... No, I can disperse them, that's fine. Because so, I've done a couple of Dorothy L. Sayers as well, and need to do some more Marsh as well, because she's very good. Obviously. Um, yes. But, okay. yeah, no, it's interesting, but... Can this be bought at birdsbox.co.uk? It will be on the website by the time this podcast goes out, yes. Amazing. Add it to your to-do list, please. I will. It's a four-book week. Go on, then. I've got a second book. Yes. And this one's probably... I'm not going to spend 15, 20 minutes talking about this. Okay. Uh, but it's very, very 
Good. I'm intrigued by this one. Yes. It's called Jamie. Yes. It's by L.D. Lipinski. Yes. Who um, regular listeners will know is the author of The Strange World Travel Agency. Yes. Won the, which won the Burt's Books Book of the Year Award in 2020. Lovely. As voted for by the lovely people of Twitter, which we may not be able to repeat. No. Because... Elon Musk is doing all sorts, and you may not be able to actually use yes. Twitter polls. No, it's not exactly. Like so we may have to find another way of, of, of doing There'll that. be ways and means. Oh, I'll find a way. Absolutely. Um, shall I read you the blurb of James? So this is Please not do. part of the Strange World Travel Agency no. series. Okay. Have you ever had a secret? The sort you lie awake at night thinking about? I have. A couple of years ago, I told my friends my secret about me not being a girl or a boy, about me being non-binary. It was a little weird at first, but now things are pretty good. Or at least, things were pretty good. Until we started year six. Until we had to start thinking about secondary schools. Until I realised there was one school for boys and one for girls. But no place for me. That was when everything went wrong. It's interesting, I like it. Yeah, so it's, it's set in a... Fairly small area. Um, it's big enough to have two secondary schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're the only two secondary schools. Yeah. And one is for boys, one is for girls. Which I've always been against, actually, as a thing, gendered schools. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Mm. Um, but uh, Jamie in this, um, we meet them when they are... Um, uh, they're, they're already out. Yeah, as yeah. non-binary. Uh, and they've got an older um, brother who mm-hmm. is gay. So okay. the, 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 the LGBTQ world in their family is nothing th- that is yeah, 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 difficult yeah. to comprehend. No. However, uh, when Jamie kicks off in the school assembly, basically there's a big school assembly, all the parents and teachers yeah, yeah, yeah. and then students are there and, and the man from the boys' school comes up on the stage yeah. and the girl, woman from the girls' school comes up on the stage and they, hi boys and girls! Yes. Um, and in that school... The, the school, everyone, they say, good morning, everyone. Yes. Because, to include yes. uh, people like Jamie. Uh, and um, they, they, I feel quite rightly kick off. And um, it's then, a, it's the story of how they eventually choose which school to go to. Yes. Uh, and there's this, there's a little trio of them, uh, Daisy, Ash and Jamie. Daisy is a girl. Yes. Ash is a boy. Yes. And... Whichever one of the schools Jamie decides to go to, they are going to be leaving behind one of their, one friends. Of their friends. Yeah, of course. Um, and so there is that sort of... That's sort of the main issue between the, in the friendship group. Yeah. Um, but they support them and they uh, you know, help them basically crusade nice. <laughs> over the course of the, sort of the book. Um, it's, it's quite... Simply written in okay. comparison to Strange World's Travel Agency. Uh, the, it is a kid's book. It's a it is, book. It is yeah, a kid's yeah. book. When you, I mean, you look at the, the writing there, there's yes. maybe 20 lines per page. Yeah. There is, it's it's more spaced out than Strange World's uh-huh. Travel Agency, so I would say it's probably skewed a little bit younger. Yeah. Um, but as an adult reading it, I still enjoyed the story. Yep. Um, and I learnt Stuff Good. as well. So this is quite a... Um, you asked me earlier if it was preachy. Yes. I said, no, it's teachy. Good. Um, so this is very much a... And I didn't mean preachy in a negative way. No, either, but, but... You know, I'm aware that these things can sometimes... Sometimes they can cross over. Like, yes. So, like, um, with this sort of book, you run the risk of Jamie becoming this super amazing character that yes. has no flaws yeah. um, because they the, the author's trying to present them in a good light. Yes. Um, however... Jamie does have flaws. Good. Uh, because, um, as I said, they, there is this little trio of friends and Jamie has to leave one of yeah, them behind. Yeah. Um, and that, that's sort of a big issue. But actually, they, they have a little bit of a falling out. Because yeah. as Daisy and Ash point out, yes, you're going to lose one of your friends, but one of us is going to lose Both two of us. Yes, yeah, of course. And actually, this is happening to all of us. Yeah. Um, and yes, you're non-binary... But you're not the centre of the world. You're not the centre of the world. And actually, uh, this this binary notion of boys go to this school and yeah, girls yeah. go to that school is affecting all three of us. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and we are cisgender. Yes. Um, and so, so Jamie is not perfect. Um, no. And so that's quite 
Good. Good, because queer, queer people can be dicks too, and it's important to have that in literature. Yes, it is. Um, uh, I would point out, though, that uh, I am actually perfect. I know, yes, I know you are. Yeah. I'm, I'm basically Mary Poppins in a hoodie. <laughs> um, so, but each chapter as well, what I like about this is uh, a section called Jamie, Jamie Rambo's. Okay. That's their last name. Okay. Guide to Words. Um, and there's a little bit about misgendering. And it's, misgendering is when you refer to someone as a gender they're not. It would be like me calling Ash a girl or saying he when I talked about Daisy. For me, misgendering is when someone refers to me as a boy or a girl because I am neither. Misgendering can be hurtful and make the person you're talking to about really sad. If you do it by accident, apologise and try again. Yeah. Um, and so that's quite nice because that bit is helping kids understand what being non-binary is. And I is. think that's also very important with books like this. I think, you know, it's important to get... It's not like it's going to case that books like this are going to make your child non-binary or make your child gay or anything like that. But it's important to understand these concepts, which have always been things in society. It's just, for the last 2,000 years, we haven't spoken about them. Mm, yes, and now well, that's what about Jamie damn says. time we speak about them. That's what Jamie says. Yeah. Um, some, one, of the char- one of the adults says, oh, you come in with your made-up gender stuff. Mm. And Jamie points out, well, it's not made up. No. It's, it's new to you, yeah, yeah. but it's not made up. This has been happening for years. Yeah. And in many, many cultures. Yeah. Um, Native Americans famously have three genders. Yes, you know, yeah. and that's, that's met, referenced yeah. in this book. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's really good. I think um, it's quite a simple read, yeah. but I think adults ought to read it because yes. uh, I, I've learned stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I consider myself fairly up on... On what it all is. Yep. But the fact, but I was surprised to read that uh, non-binary people basically come under the T in LGBT. Of course they do. Yes, but that's um, not actually. But because I was like, well, how are non-binary people well, no... transgender? Because they're not changing their gender. No. But what they are basically saying is, we are not the gender we were assigned at birth. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Um, and we are changing our gender. We're just not physically. That's not. I'm not saying we we are changing the way that the world sees yeah. our gender. We are not. We are still transitioning from being seen as a girl or a boy into being non-binary. Yeah. Um, so I but there is just no surgery involved. No, of course. Essentially, I suppose otherwise they are sort of included in the plus in the LGBTQIA plus or possibly in the I but I think that's a different thing as well entirely intersex it's not the same yeah. thing and I've, so... I folded over a page and I, I couldn't couldn't remember why I okay. looked at it and it's, it's, it's that exact point um, it's the bit mm. where it says non-binary people come under the T for transgender because we don't identify with the gender we were assigned when we were born yeah um, so that's stuff that I had never really thought about, didn't really know. No. Um, so it's it's good. Read it. I think you can. I think anybody could potentially learn some stuff from it. Um, I may have to borrow off you because I have a you, couple of non-binary friends, and you still feel I need to learn more. And interestingly, um, it is never revealed what gender Jamie was assigned. Good, of. good. And I was wondering how how they might do it. Yes. Because there's clearly going to be people going, well, look, I get that you're non-binary, yes. you and your new ideas, yeah, yeah, yeah. but really you ought to go off to the boys' school and be with the other boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you really ought to go off to the girls' school and be with the other girls. Okay. Um, As even the illustration on the front, it's not clear. Not clear. Um, which it shouldn't be. No, um, absolutely not. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um... I would definitely recommend people read it because it might help you understand. If if you don't understand, it will help you understand. Yes. If you think you do understand, it might go. It might go. Oh, actually, did you know this as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you do definitely do understand, you'll just really enjoy it because yes. it's quite a sweet story. Good. Um, and as I say, it's not preachy in any way. Nope. Um, and it talks about. Um, some stuff that is in the news a lot at yes, the moment. it is. Um, I mean, mostly the stuff that's in the news is mostly focused on transgender. Yep. Um, people having the operations pre- uh, the, the, um, to change their physical mm-hmm. gender. Um, but there is, I think, an important conversation to be had around children who do not necessarily identify as a boy or a girl. Yeah. And actually, is it really that difficult to mm. make them feel included. 
It's odd. It's like you were saying about the people in the trees. You know, if there was another culture that came to us and went, "Oh my God, you do this, whatever you are," it's it's one of those things that feels like in about two hundred years' time, people will look back at us now and go, "Really, they split themselves into gender? What the hell was that yeah, about?" Yeah, yeah. You know, it is the way I think things will go, and fair play to it. Yeah, um, and it's it's weird happening. Yeah, as it happens at the moment, because you think back um obviously paula grady died this week yes very sad. um and you think back to when he was first on the scene mm. and as lily savage and how much has changed mm. since then because of people like him fighting but also tragically it. how much hasn't also how much hasn't and i read somewhere in in all the conversation around paula grady was saying people think that we are towards the end of this conversation. No, we're just getting started. But we're started. just at the beginning of it. Yeah. Like, 50, like less than, uh, just over 50 years ago, it was illegal. Yeah, of course. Uh, 50 years before that, it was not even talked about. No, no, no. Uh, you know, it's, and things have changed. In 50 years' time, what else will have changed? Mm. We don't know yet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think it's a book that is definitely worth a read mm-hmm. uh, whoever you are and especially if you're a parent because even if your child isn't non-binary yes they might be yes and if, if they're not I think it's becoming more acceptable for people to come out as non-binary who have been struggling with this so they're likely more likely to have a non-binary friend yes and it's good to have that Quite. so you can talk about that uh, it's available to buy at birdsbooks.co.uk quite right too that is Everything for this week. Lovely. Well, nearly. Oh yes, the we've, charts. We, well, we've got to talk about the charts, but also I forgot to say we were on telly again. We were on telly again. Um, Why are we always on telly? Did I? Did it, we? Did we even mention last week that we were on telly, or has it just become such a blasé thing? <laughs> oh, it's Monday. Must be on the telly. Well, yeah. So we were on between the covers. Yes. Um, Sarah Cox gave us a shout out because they were talking about how to kill your family. Yes. And then this week on Steph's Pat Lunch, Greg James was on talking about Rise and Fall, his yes. TV show, and um, Steph. McGovern turned around at the end and said, oh, just one more thing. Yeah, um, yeah. What was it like when Prince Harry's book came out and this was done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said some really lovely things. He did. It was very nice. Um, I also really liked Steph McGovern. So. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Uh, if, if Greg James is listening to this, thank you, my love. Um, <laughs> I did send him a little kissy face on, on Twitter. Um, he liked it. So, um, we're practically married now. Well, yes. Um, anyway, uh, shall we talk about the charts? I think we should. <laughs> Leave it there. Um... Uh, what was number one? Oh, number one last week was Board of Lunch. Um, and it was the new one, which was about the, um, air fryer, I think it was. Was it, the, was the air fryer the new one? Or was uh, it... I think the air fryer is the new one, yes. Yeah. So, um, there's a couple of new entries into the top ten this week. Okay. Um, the, the, what's it called, are falling out and down, out of the way. The, um... World Book Day books. World Book Day books. Of course. Um, and there's there's at least one surprise book there, I would say, um, which has been happening a lot recently, where a science fiction or fantasy book suddenly appears Ooh. in the top ten and then disappears again, um, just gone. Okay. And I think there is a subscription box or something somewhere yeah. where... They are just selling a load and then putting it through, and, they, and nobody yeah, else, yeah, nobody's yeah. actually buying it. Okay. So right. it's an interesting question around should these books end up in the top yeah. charts because nobody's actually choosing to buy it. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, uh, number 10, yes. down from number 8, is a Wrong Place, Wrong Time by Gillian McAllister. It's good. Which well, is in one of our subscriptions. Yes. So again, we are part of the problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we are just not... I mean, but people are choosing to buy this one as yeah. well. It's, it's good. very good. Mm. Uh, number ten... Uh, sorry, number nine. Dinosaur That Pooped Easter. Of course. By Dougie Pointer and uh, Tom Fletcher. Off of McFly. That's up from 25. Um, I suspect we'll see that high next week and just then it'll disappear Easter. again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number uh, eight... Is Escape, the latest James Patterson. Ooh, okay. um, that is a uh, uh, new, well, it's new into the top 10, up from number 21. Yep. At number 7, down four places, Murder Before Even Song by Reverend Richard Coles. Have you read that? I haven't. No, okay. Um, I, I, I sort of went, well, 
I've read some cosy crime by by a Richard already this year. Yeah, um, I but I, I might give it a go. Mm. I might pop it into the book club and see if people want to yeah, well, to read that. Yeah. Um, Actually, I do need to pick a second book for this week, so maybe that's oh, yeah. maybe that's the one. Um, Board of Lunch, the Healthy Slow Cooker book, is at number far six, mm-hmm. down one place. At number five, this is the new one, the Seven Faceless Saints Special Edition by M. K. Lobb. Never heard of I it. I don't know that at all. No, I'm going to have a little look um, in a minute to see if there's a normal edition of that book. Yeah. Um, number four, we're going on an egg hunt. Um, it's a lift the flat book. Um, it's obviously an Easter book. Uh, number three, Rising Tide, the latest Vera Stanhope book. That's uh-huh. up one place from Lovely. last week. Number two, Lessons in Chemistry. I was going to say they must still be up there, surely. Yeah, uh, that is uh, second week at number two. Yep. And uh, last week's number one is this week's number one. The Board of Lunch, the Healthy Air Fryer ah, Cookbook. Yes, of um, for a few years, Pinch of Nom was basically yes, number one for yeah, three yeah, months yeah. and then would disappear and then a new one would come out yeah. and that would be... I think uh, Board of Lunch might be the new uh, Pinching of Nom. Interesting. So um, They've had their time. They've had their time. We'll see. Uh, I mean, they still sell very well. Well, yeah. But um, they are not anywhere in the top ten where they would have been previously at this point. Yeah. Um, so that's it. That is the top ten. Um... Yeah, I've got I've got nothing more to say about that really. Lovely. Um, it'll be now that now that World Book Day is out of the way, things will settle down a bit. We'll start to see some other books come in. Yeah, there's quite a lot released this week. Yes. Um, I've been adding to the website as quick as I can. But, um, <laughs> yes, there are more still to come. So, um, things that have been released this week: The Last Party by Claire McIntosh. Yes. Um, my personal favourite sounds like fun by Brian Moriarty. Yes. As much as I love it, I don't think it will be troubling the top ten. But please do check it out. Mm-hmm. It's very worth a read. Um, we've got The Mouse Trap. Yay! Um, yes, but... first time it's been released as a script. Is it the first time it has? Uh, very possibly, yes. I don't think that's true. There's all sorts of legal things around the mousetrap as to how it can be done. I'm sure somebody came in and ordered a copy of the mousetrap. I'm sure it is available, <laughs> but it's, it's never really Fishel. been... Yeah, oh, it's okay. never been made a big thing of. But oh, this is the 7th anniversary, so... Interesting. Yeah. Obviously, Jamie also came out yes, this week. Indeed, so it'll yeah. be interesting to see where, where that ends up. Um, and there was there was a few others. Oh, Tidy Ending, Joanna Cannon. Yes. That came out this week. Um, and the exhibitionist been selling quite well on the shop. I think yeah, that wasn't this week. Last couple of weeks old, yeah, so that's, um, that's not going to be. One. That's been going well. So yeah, we could see a little bit of a shake up in mm-hmm. the charts. Um, but uh, looking at this, mm, I suspect Board of Lunch. It, it may still be there for a third week. Maybe once we get over the third of Easter, we then start looking at summer reading. Anyway, we're wanging on. We really are. Um, that let's let's put an end to this torturous process okay. for us all uh, do get in contact email bert at bertsbooks.co.uk find us on twitter facebook instagram tiktok linkedin channel 4 um, <laughs> all at Bert's Books. Um, and uh, if you can't get hold of us just ask Greg James I'm sure he'll get yeah, it yeah. um, that is everything for this week say goodbye Michael goodbye Michael say goodbye Greg 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 no okay. you went alright